0: You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Have you ever wondered about the beginning of creation or the beginning of time? If you are looking for a podcast with all the answers about the construction of time that's going to help you better understand your faith, then you've come to exactly the wrong place. But if you're looking for a show, It's going to ask the big questions, struggle with differing opinions from smart theologians and philosophers, and leave you completely clueless, then you found the perfect show for you. Hey guys, I am just one dummy who loves God and loves theology, and I hope to show my love for God by studying and thinking deeply about topics that people smarter than me have been thinking about for thousands of years. I'm Joshua Knoll, I'm your dummy today, and I can't wait to jump in. So the Bible lays out, and this is how i kind of wanna do this whole conversation about theology because there's a lot of different ways. Um, I'm not gonna do theology of the Bible or biblical theology exclusively, but I am gonna use the Bible to find which topics I'm gonna to talk about. Just sort of like going through a textbook and starting with, okay, so this is the first topic. Um, go through the Bible and each time a topic comes up, stop and talk about it. So we're gonna start with Genesis 1, verse 1, It says in the beginning, and we're gonna stop right there. What the heck is the beginning? What is beginning? So before we even get to God, we see there's beginning. Was the beginning before God? Did God just exist before the beginning? Did he only start existing in the beginning? Was this just what God was doing in the beginning? Did God create the beginning? Did the beginning just kind of come up somehow? How did the beginning happen and what do we mean by beginning? So we got to think about like, what even is time? Is the concept of time even real? And if it is real, is it relative or is it something firm that we all are subjected to? Are there different layers of time? Is time a dimension that some of us experience differently, that things from one planet and another planet might be off on? Time is one of the most confusing topics there is, and I can't wait to think deeper about it. Um, So the Bible lays out that God starts doing stuff in the beginning. That's all we know. Uh, When you're looking at the Bible, it doesn't say before the beginning God created time. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say God created the beginning. It doesn't say that God was created, which that is a heresy. But that doesn't mean it's something we shouldn't talk about because maybe we were wrong to think it was a heresy. I don't think so. Like, I I do believe that is actually just a wrong belief. But we should examine all of the things because the Bible doesn't explicitly say how the beginning happened. It just said there was a beginning. And here's what happened in that beginning. So some people want to suggest that God created time. Some people are going to say that God exists in the same timeline as we do and is experiencing it the same way. Some people think that God has his own timeline that's different from ours, but he still has to exist in time because it's impossible to exist without time. As then you're just not existing. Um, there's a lot of different theories of how God experiences time. And if we're going to talk about theology, we're talking about the study of God, we kind of have to wonder what part time plays in this because how God relates to time tells us a lot about who or what God is. Is God a being the same way that we are and that he has different temporal parts or experiences the flow of time? Or is God a completely different kind of being that doesn't even need a temporal dimension to him? Or does he have a temporal dimension and also another dimension that allows him to move through that temporal plane? Who knows? Who knows? So what's the beginning? What's the beginning? Before we get to the God stuff, let's see if we can even hammer down this. What do we mean when we say beginning? Um, Well, there's this thing called the Big Bang Theory. That's the popular secular theory at the time. It kind of suggests that there was in fact a beginning. At some point, um, all of our leading scientists think that there was a moment of which all of the laws of physics and reality, all of the matter and stuff of the earth, all of space and time began at a moment. There was this unfolding of the universe when, the, you know, they believe different atoms kind of collided in on themselves and expanded out. But when they go to that exact moment, they're able to, you know, use different scientific theories, use different um, evidences we have throughout the universe to kind of hypothesize how this would have happened. But there's this one point, I forget what they call it, it's like the prime moment or something, but that they can't tell you what happened before then, or what started that, or or how does that thing. None of the things that they have found in their scientific research, their scientific hypotheses, or any of their equations can get past this one point. So that suggests that there is a beginning, at least for this universe, if you believe the Big Bang Theory. If you don't believe the Big Bang Theory, pretty simple. God spoke. That was the beginning. But even then, if you're taking the Bible as literal, as I know a lot of our listeners do, well, God speaking wasn't the beginning. There was the beginning. God did some stuff in the beginning. And then after God did some other stuff, God began speaking and things were created as he spoke. But the beginning was before that part, before the speaking things into existence. So there's still a problem there. Um and some, some people think that our universe has been around for billions of years, you know, the Big Bang Theory, all that, the evolution, all of the, the scientific dating, the geology, uh, really points to all of the creation that we have found being billions and billions and billions of years old. I think at least 15 billion is the last I heard. Um, some people try to use genealogies of the Bible. They're incomplete genealogies. So they they try to take all the genealogies, piece them together and create their own complete genealogy that doesn't exist in the Bible. But when they created that genealogy based off their best guesses from other genealogies in the Bible, they kind of come to the earth being about 10,000 years old, maybe 6,000 years old, depending who you're talking to. Um, Most scientists will say that that's it's completely absurd because just so many things about biology of different creatures we found skeletons for and stuff couldn't have existed in the same time frame because the conditions of Earth just wouldn't have allowed it. But that is one theory. There's the theory of billions of years old. There's a lot of theories in between, so we're not really sure how long the universe has been here either. Um, in the time of the early Church, if you look at Augustine, Jerome all of the people that were the couple hundred years before them, they really thought the idea of using the genealogies and stuff in the Bible to age the earth was ridiculous because that would have the earth at like 6,000 years old. And to them, it seemed insane to think that the earth was that old. They thought the earth was a lot younger than that. They thought there was no way it could have been here this long. And that's why they didn't take Genesis literally. So a lot, the first few hundred years of the church, they did not take the book of Genesis literally because they thought the earth couldn't be that old. So what was before the beginning? We're not sure if it was billions, millions, thousands, less years old. We're pretty sure it's not less. It couldn't have been less, right? But we have writings of things that were before 10,000 years old. It just doesn't, doesn't add up. So dating the earth it's something that just a little bit beyond me. A lot of smarter people than me have disagreed about. Um, figuring out whether there's a Big Bang Theory is something way beyond me. Figuring out what was God doing before the beginning or if God started at the beginning, uh, that's a little bit beyond me too. But what was before the beginning? Uh, what Was there God before the beginning? Was there anything before the beginning? Did things exist with God before the beginning? I don't know. The Bible just isn't very clear on what started time, or if time is a thing that could start. Is time a thing that can exist without things existing in time, or does each object in the universe actually have its own temporal parts, in which case time couldn't exist without the things in the space that we're experiencing? Did the angels... Or the council of God, depending on how you talk about it, they exist before the beginning of time. So, you know, let's stop for a moment and pretend like God created time. That's what a lot of people believe. And if that's so, if God existed before the beginning, were the angels and the council of God here then as well? Um, if you look at different parts in the Torah and the Book of Job, God has what's known as this council, the heavenly council, the council of God, whatever, and He's referring to these other beings and asking them what they should do, and kind of treating it like a throne room. Um, and it seems to be something other than angels that were the council of God. You have this accuser in the book of Job that was part of the council. Did they exist before time? Is that who God was talking to in Genesis one? It's, it's at one point he says, "We confer this," or, or "We," they talk to one another. Or you know, there, there was this thing where God uses the "we" plural pronoun. Is he talking to the other members of the council of God? Is he talking to the Trinity? You know, a lot of people, especially in Christianity, think he was talking to the Trinity. The early the people who actually wrote the book of Genesis didn't believe in a trinity or anything like that. So it seems weird that they would do that unless you believe that God directly dictated the Bible, which I don't. Most people don't. But some people do believe God directly dictated it. And that's why it says we. And they just didn't know why it said we until Jesus came along. But it seems weird that God would put something that would confuse his own people until Jesus came around in the Bible. It seems like he would either explain that so they know what to be looking for, or he would have just used a different word there so it wouldn't cause confusion, because God's not the author of confusion, right? Um, Maybe they thought it was the counsel of God? I don't know. Were the angels around before time? Um, If you look at Revelation 12 and 2 Peter 2, it seems that before God started putting stuff on earth, the angels existed. Um, one of them, Lucifer, tried to rebel and God cast him and a third of the angels down to the earth. And it seems as though timeline wise that had to happen before God started speaking things into existence. So did that happen? If you're looking at the biblical narrative, did that happen? You know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then before that day one, all this stuff with the angels happened. And then God threw that guy down to earth and then he started creating. Or did it happen before time at all? And God sent him through time to earth. Did it happen After he created part of creation, but before man sinned, was there just some time in the garden that's not allotted for? When did this fall of the angels happen? And when did angels get created? When did the council of God get created? Was there more than one proto being? Was there more than one first thing? Um, Recently, I got to do a conversation with Thomas Ord from my other podcast, The Whole Church Podcast, and he suggests that God has never been alone so that he never did any creating without the help of other things um, which would either be other creations or other beings that have always existed there isn't anything in the bible that says that that can't be the case Uh, personally uh, just logically i think in order for god to have the authority over creation that he seems to have um, i'm going to avoid using the word power here because that's a whole nother discussion Again, check out the conversation with Thomas Ord or stick on here. Eventually we'll get to the power of God and omnipotence and all of that stuff here one day. But for right now, let's just use the word authority. In order for God to have the authority to save, he has to have authority over what he is saving, which is humans, which is the sins that humans cause the places that humans have affected over everything. Basically, God has to have that authority over all things. For me, it doesn't make sense for God to be able to have that authority unless he is the one that created the rules, unless he's the one that created physics, matter, creation, like space, everything. Um, I don't think that means he has to have created time, but maybe it depends on what time is. I'm still kind of iffy on that one. So when did the angels, when did the other beings, the Council of God come around? How does that line up with creation the beginning of time? No clue, no idea. Okay, well, maybe it'll help if we figure out what is time. I keep coming back to that, right? So let's think about this concept of time. So we have a lot of different philosophical theories on what time is. And science is working on it, but it's a lot more confusing to me. So I'm just gonna stay with the philosophy parts because I understand it a little bit better. Um, There's a few different theories I wanna talk about. One being this block universe theory. And block universe theory is Time is kind of this, for my Doctor Who fans, big ball of wibbly-wobbly stuff. It's not a linear thing. Things don't have temporal parts or anything like that. Um, And the block universe theory is that all of time exists in just one big lump. So you can kind of move about freely from one part to another, and it all is just kind of, just imagine like a big ball of goo, and that goo is time. And we can move throughout it, We're just experiencing it in one particular way. We're experiencing it linearly, but it doesn't exist linearly, which is why God could be outside of it in this perspective and reach into time and kind of affect it as if everything just had different temporal parts, which is very similar to, but different, but isn't that you can move about time. Time is still a thing that has some fluidity. Um, The next theory I want to talk to kind of gets rid of that fluidity there's this theory of it's the static theory of time and what the static theory says is that time basically doesn't exist each thing i'm actually recording in my car right now so my car it has different parts right um it has you know One dimension, I can go left to right, and I can see there's different parts of it as I slowly go from left to right. There's different parts of the thing that unfolds. Uh, I can go up, down. I can go bottom up. And those are the three dimensions that I see things with, and I can see that it has different parts at each kind of layer of that dimension. And static theory says that time works the same way. That my car doesn't exist in several different times, but rather my car has different parts of time as if it's a temporal dimension in which there's different temporal parts of my car that cannot be changed, that cannot be moved any different than stuff that exists in the, the parts of my car that exist in other dimensions that I see, right? Like I, I can damage stuff in that dimension, But as far as time exists, any damage that happens to my car is just part of this static linear progression of what my car is. It just exists in different temporal parts, but time itself isn't a concept, but things have temporal parts. So it's just another dimension in which things exist, not a dimension in which we can move or there's any fluidity or anything like that. So that's static theory. We then have this dynamic theory of time. Um, Dynamic theory is a little harder to kind of think, but dynamic theory is basically the one that all the fun movies do with time where there is some fluidity. Um, Things can change. I can do something in this time that will change what happens to my car in a future time. Someone could theoretically go back in time, go to the past and do things that prevent my car's current Temporal part, what my car is right now could change based on what someone went back to the past and did to my car. Static theory, there is no time travel. There's no way to do that. Everything just has temporal parts. There's no fluidity of time. Dynamic theory, we can move about. Time is a fluid thing, and what happens in one part of time can affect what happens in another part of time. Um, Basically, there isn't any set temporal stuff. Yeah, time's hard, hard to talk about. Um, one more theory I, I want to talk about, one that I, I like a lot personally, um, is from philosopher John Polkinghorn. Uh, yeah, funny name. Um, he believes in what's kind of called this unfolding time. So, so imagine like a big square, and it every time it moves forward, it kind of leaves a block, and it's slow that block as a whole is getting smaller and smaller, but you can see what happened behind it from you know each layer that it left behind. Um, and I know it's kind of hard to visualize. I hope that helped. Basically, his theory is that there is fluidity sort of. Nothing that's happened in the future exists. There is no future yet. One day there will be a future, but it doesn't exist yet. So we can't travel to the future because it does not exist according to John Polkinghorn, But the past exists. The past has been unfolding. So as each moment goes on, like how I started this sentence exists now. How I'm going to finish this sentence doesn't exist until I finish this sentence. Okay, now it exists. That's sort of his theory of time is unfolding. There's this big block of the present that is fluid. We can move all throughout the time of the present. But We can go back to see the past. It is static. It already exists. We can't do anything to change the past. And also, the future doesn't exist yet. So that is Unfolding Time by John Polkinghorne. Look into it. It's a fascinating theory. So what is time? Is time something that all exists at once, like a big ball of goo that we can move about freely? Is it static? Do everything just have temporal parts and the idea of time as a fluid thing is just Wrong. We can't move about time at all. It's not even a real concept. We all just have temporal parts. Uh, Is there a dynamic theory of time where the Avengers can go back and do end game and end up winning in the future somehow? I don't know. Where's time unfolding? Does the past exist and we can't do anything to change it? The present we can move about in and the future doesn't exist at all. Who knows? Like, it's truly impossible to say what time even is. Which... You know, so is time measurable? We talk about it in like hours, minutes, seconds. How do we measure time? You know, I, I'll say, hey, I'll see you at 12 or this is just going to take me a couple hours. So, So in some way, when I say that, you know what I mean. So we've kind of been able to measure time because we know when I say two hours, you know how long that's going to take me. You know what I mean by that statement, that measurement. But the catch is... That pretty much only works while we're both on Earth. When we're in two different gravitational pools, if we both have synchronized clocks, what happens is uh, we'll see that the same clock here on Earth moves at a different rate than it will in a different gravitational pool, which suggests that time works differently or that the laws of physics just work differently. And so how you experience time works differently, but there's something about time that's not quite the same in different gravitational pools. Um, If you look to Albert Einstein and his theory of relativity and you see as things approach the speed of light, time changes, time warps. Our gravitational pool changes, it warps, matter changes. So if time isn't the same in different gravitational pools, in fact, they're able to do this where you take synchronized things to different layers of Earth's gravitational pool, let it exist for a certain period of time and for (laughs) funny statement, right? Let it exist for a while, bring them back together, and you'll see that one aged more. Or less than the other you'll see that time passed differently for the two objects and they're able to measure that and see that at different gravitational things at different speeds time works differently so when we are talking about measuring time a we don't know what time is so that's a hard thing to even discuss but also even though when you and I both say two hours, we know what each other's means. If you existed in a different gravitational pool, moving at a different speed, eventually our statements of how much time has passed are going to also mean different things because time is not really measurable because it's not the same everywhere. So can time be warped? Is there a substance that is time? Oh, what's what's going on here? Um, i don 't know <laughs> there's this idea of space and time having to be related, and what's fun is Isaac Newton kind of it's one of the, one of the most important names to think about when you're thinking of space time outside of Doctor. Who um, and he talks about how there is definitely this thing of absolute space and absolute time being that if there were no things, there was no air, no oxygen, no car, no grass trees. There was nothing. There would still be just empty space. Space is something that exists without anything being in it. And as such, time also has to be something that exists without there being things. So Isaac Newton kind of completely disagrees with the idea of static things. He's saying that things don't have temporal parts, but time exists whether or not there are things in time just as space exist? whether or not there are things in space. Um, Galileo kind of believed the opposite thing, is everything's relative. Space doesn't exist unless we have things in space. Our minds are just kind of filling this idea of space and time because of how we experience what's before us. But the things themselves might actually not exist. There might not actually be anything called space or time. Um, There's the idea of the cosmic clock. So that's another thing of Isaac Newton. He said, even though time might be experienced differently, there's this idea of relativity throughout different things. There is basically a cosmic clock. There is a single timeline at which things are progressing. So even though time might move differently for me here than in some other place, the whole universe exists within its own time, and that is the cosmic clock. Um, Gottfried Leimsen completely disagrees with this. He says there is no cosmic clock because of relativity, because we know that things move at different times or whatever. The universe itself does not experience time as a whole, or else the things in the universe couldn't experience time differently if it did. So that, that's kind of his theory. Again, I could be wrong about some of their theories. It's really hard to understand. I'm just a dummy. Remember that. But what I, from my understanding, matter... So things that exist, my car can't exist unless it has space and time. So unless there is some space for my car to fill, my car cannot exist because there's nowhere for it. Um, And the same would then be true of time, according to modern science, some of our discoveries of how these things relate to each other. So with if there wasn't a progression of time. My car couldn't exist, Um, which should be obvious even from like it it took time to build this car. Right. So time has to exist and space has to exist for my car to exist. And in a way, those two things kind of relate on each other. That's why gravitational pulls and speed can change how my car experiences time. Um, and, And when we say speed, we don't mean like zero miles per hour, or 60 miles per hour. We're talking like millions and billions of miles per hour before we kind of start seeing some of that stuff. But it is a thing. Um, it's where star Trek and star Wars and a lot of these other shows get this idea of warp speed and different things like that is because we know as you approach the speed of light, time changes. So that changes how travel would work. So what actually exists? I mean, if my car needs space and time to exist, I have to assume space and time are real. Although it could just be constructs of my mind, but to question that then just questions my own sanity. So even though that it's possible space and time don't exist and my mind's just filling the things to make sense of what I'm seeing, that's not a helpful theory. So even though that is possible, in order to continue being functional, I have to assume that what I experience as space and time are real. Doesn't mean they are, though. Just I have to in order to be functional, so please let me have this, guys. Um, but that does make me. That does then bring us back to the question of God. So if my car can't exist unless there's space for my car to fill and time for it to exist in, what about God? Does God exist in all times? Does God exist right now? Is God currently existing in the past and future and present? Well, that depends. Right. Um, if you believe static theory, everything just has temporal parts. Does God just have temporal parts? In which case, yeah, of course, everything exists at all times at once. Duh. Um, if there's dynamic and we can move past to future and whatever, does God have his own timeline? You know, we're thinking about relativity. That's very possible. God can move at different speeds of t- light, that kind of stuff. And maybe he's able to move fluidly throughout the timeline or outside of the timeline. Maybe he has a different timeline other than the cosmic clock that Newton believes in. And he exists in completely his own timeline. Um, Maybe he exists. If we're talking about block, you know, you know, the, um, the block theory, maybe he exists outside of our big ball of time goo. And he's able to just reach in whenever he wants and just do stuff. Does God exist in all times at once? (laughs) What do you mean by time? (laughs) We keep coming back to that. And there's just no good answer. So maybe God exists in all times at once. Maybe the future doesn't exist. So God can't exist there. Maybe only the present moment exists and past and future are made up constructs. In which case, no, God can't exist there because they don't exist. (laughs) Who knows? Time's relative. God can't be relative or else he's not God. So you can't really... Put those two concepts together. So did God create the beginning? We, we talked about that before. Let's go back to that. So we have no idea if time's real. We have no idea if God exists in time, outside of time, how he relates to time, because we don't know what time is. But did God create time at least did the beginning? Like did, did whatever time is, is God the one who created it? Um, <laughs> that gets back to all those same questions on how does God experience time? Because if my car needs space and time to exist... Just as a law of what existing means, does God have to have space to fill? You know, does God need the heavens and earth to fill the heavens and earth? You know, the Bible does say he fills all the heavens and earth. Well, if there wasn't heavens and earth, where would God be? Does he need space? Does God need time? If, is there no way for him to exist without the temporal parts that make up God? Is there no way for him to exist unless he has his own ball of goo or his own timeline or his own cosmic clock or divine clock, if you will? I mean, does God need temporal parts to exist? If we're going to say God exists, do we have to then say that he needs space and time? Because everything else needs space and time to exist. I don't know. I know. Great answers. Great answers. Um, but could can God be all powerful if he exists in the same timeline as us? If we're going to assume whatever time is, whether it's static, dynamic, block, whatever, if God just exists right here and now in the present time, the same way that you and I experience the present time at any given moment, can he be all powerful? Um, again, we're gonna get to this idea of omnipotence later, but for today's conversation, let's assume that God has all authority over creation. And if he has all authority, how can he do that in the same time as us how is he able to give prophecies of the future unless he exists in the future is he able to know the future without traveling to the future or without being outside of our big ball of goo and seeing the future how does god how, how can god be god if he exists the same way that you and i exist in relation to the temporal i have no idea the bible says god changes his mind Is that just a construct that the biblical authors put in there so that we would understand what's happening? Or is God experiencing time in the same way that we are so that when it says God changes his mind, he literally saw the unfolding of time the same way that we did and all the temporal parts and said, wait, actually, there's a better way. Is God capable of change? In order to change, you have to experience time. If God's outside of time, God cannot change. He can't change his mind. So the biblical narrative would have to then be metaphorical. But if God exists in time, that's when we get to, well, then maybe God can change. If God has his own timeline, maybe God can change. If God you know, is able to just move about but has to be in this same time goo as us, then, then even though he's able to move past, present, future, he has his own timeline if he's moving about in it. So he has his own timeline that he's experiencing. Think think of uh, time travel. Think of like Doctor Who, for example. The doctor can go throughout all of time, and yet the doctor ages. So the doctor has his own timeline, even though he's moving throughout our time. And that would be what God would be in that instance. So... <sighs> For us to say, talk about God's power, God's authority, or God's relation to creation at all, or for God to create things, or for God to be in the beginning, does God have to be outside of time? Does Can he be in his own timeline? Can he be in our timeline? And then what do we do? What if, what if Tom Ord's right? What if God isn't all-powerful? Then what do we do? If God has authority over most things but not all things, if God has the ability to do almost anything but not everything— then what do we do? Do we just have to wait for God to interact with us in our time? Again, it it comes back to how God experiences time. Let's assume static theory for a second. Let's assume that only the present moment exists. Everything has temporal parts. So whatever my temporal parts are in the future, they're set. I can't do anything about it. Any way that I can do anything about my hand being a part of my body, those parts of my future are just a part of what it is to be Josh, meaning that God also has that whatever happens in the future for God already exists is static, God can't do anything about it. Well, as soon as we say God can't do anything about it, we're assuming God's not all powerful so if for static theory to be correct, God can't be all- powerful if we're going to say that god that time's a big block, and God can interact from it outside of it well then God can only be all powerful if he's outside of it. If God is in time, if God is with us and filling the heavens of the earth, like the Bible says, then he's stuck in the same timeline that we are. And if he's interacting with us and moving throughout it, he has his own timeline, in which case God has to submit to the power that is time. Time is then a, its own power that God doesn't have. So God can't be all powerful. Um, If we assume dynamic time, God can move throughout the, Whatever in time is just this fluid line, more or less. Then God could exist outside of it, move throughout it, interact with it and stay all powerful. So maybe if you have to believe in omnipotence, then maybe that's the only theory that works. What about the um, (laughs) the uh, the block of time that that's undoing it? the unfolding time? Sorry, it took me a second. That That's possible, right? But then we get to this question of how does God know the future? How do the prophets work? How does prophecy work? Um, I don't know. the future doesn't exist. That doesn't make any sense. So maybe the only thing that works with traditional biblical theory is dynamic time, and I actually, maybe that doesn't even work, and I just haven't thought of it yet. Maybe it faces the same problem that the block universe has. Time really throws a wrench into all of our theories of the power of God, throws a wrench into all of our theories of how God interacts with us, throws a wrench into what God is, if God needs time and space to exist the same way that we need time and space to exist. If you're wondering, the Bible doesn't say God created time. The Bible doesn't say that God is outside of time. It kind of suggests that God experiences time differently than us, but that's true of people on different planets and different universes. If we were able to travel there, we would experience time different from one another. So that doesn't mean we're outside of time. There's nothing in the Bible that answers this question. There's nothing that we can logically deduce right now that answers this question. Science hasn't completely figured out time yet. Philosophy certainly hasn't. And what we understand of God's power, God's ability and God's existence all relies on time. So we end up making a bunch of assumptions as we go throughout the rest of the Bible and about everything else we do because we have to. Otherwise we never get past time and can time exist. If we can't get past that, then we can't get to the God and all the other fun questions. And the truth is there isn't any answer for time. So we can't actually get past it. We just have to make some assumptions and move on. Um, So usually When I talk about God in the things of the Bible and the things of theology and the heavens and earth, I like to say humbly, I have no idea how any of these things relate to space-time. And it's possible that any discovery of what time is can fundamentally change all my beliefs about God, theology, and the universe. If we discover for a fact that time doesn't exist, that it is static— and that everything just has temporal parts, then I have to either believe that God exists outside of the universe, in which case I can't believe in an imminent an God that's part of all of us. And if that's the case, I can't believe God saved me. That theory of time ruins so much for me. If we're gonna say that block theory is real and God is outside of the block reaching in and interacting, a lot of what I believe about time and God and things can actually stay the same, but I have to wonder about God's own timeline. And that creates fun conversations that I can study and struggle with more and interact more with the divine and try to figure out, God, what is your time like? Like, What is the time, the temporal parts of the divine? And that's just a fun thing to think about. That's challenging. It, it, it grows my faith. It's a way that I can worship by thinking of who God is. I like that. So usually... My assumption is somewhere between the the block theory and the dynamic theory of time. Not because I think they're the most likely, not because I think they're the most logical, but because they're the thing that allows me to continue to think about the other things. Assuming those are right allows me to continue interacting with everything else in a way that makes sense. It allows me to continue to be functional. So whether or not they make the most sense or are correct until I know more about time or more is proven or can be shown about it, that's just what it makes sense to assume. But again, it's a pretty big assumption. Any number of theories of time could be right. All of those theories that we mentioned earlier could be completely wrong about what time is. But in order to understand God and the things of God and the divine, in order to talk about theology at all, we have to start somewhere when it comes to a theory of time. And I think the reason that in the beginning is one of the first statements. I think why it's so cool to talk about time this early on in this show is because it should humble all of us. I hope the same way that it has for me, that it just really knocked you off your high horse. Everything you think you knew about God, because you have no idea how God even exists, because until you can articulate which maybe some of you who are a lot smarter than me can do this. But until you articulate how something can exist without space, without a space to exist, how does something exist? If you can't articulate that, then you have to assume that something can't exist without space. And if something can't exist without space, because of how space and time relate to one another, that means it cannot exist without time. So until you articulate that, you have to assume that God has Some kind of time he is experiencing himself, whether it's the time we're experiencing or his own timeline, you also have to have that assumption. So for me, I'm basically operate off of God can interact with us as if we exist in our own dynamic timeline or block theory and God exists in a separate timeline, but he does have to exist in time or else God cannot exist, in my opinion. But, man, that's hard, and I understand why people disagree with that, why people think God has to be outside of time to be all-powerful. I, I understand why people think of time the way that they do. I understand why we make sense of it the way we do, and I understand why it makes for much better movies to assume dynamic theory than static theory. Imagine how boring Avengers Endgame would have been if static theory would have proved to have been correct. You can't really travel through time at all. Because time doesn't exist, everything just has temporal parts. So Tony Stark goes into his thing, does his science, and goes, oh, guys, it turns out time's not real. End of movie. Man, that would suck. (laughs) So for our sake, for the sake of Hollywood, and for the sake of theology, we're going to assume that time is dynamic in some way. But I'm going to hold on to this caveat that it's equally likely that we're wrong, but unhelpful to talk about that avenue because you can't really get any further than that. Well, guys, I, uh, I'm pretty confused. Clearly. I I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm a big dummy and I hope that all of you are just as confused as I am and that you're inspired to study great theologians like Augustine and other ones we mentioned today a little bit more that you're encouraged to study philosophers and scientists like Isaac Newton, like, um, (laughs) John Polkinghorne, sorry, I just think the name is fun to say, um, study these scientists, these philosophers more, learn more, because the Bible says that we should worship God with all of our hearts, minds, soul, and strength. And part of that is to worship God with your mind. And that means to think about God, to to do these exercises of worshiping God by thinking deeper. And that's kind of what my goal is with this. So I know that I'm just a dummy, that I don't have any of the answers, that I'm leaving you all confused, that I'm confused. Um, but I hope that's helpful. I actually hope it's helpful that you have... More things to be confused about, more things to think deeper about, to engage God with, and to think more about him. Because as you're thinking about him in these deeper, more complicated ways, that is a form of worship. I love God more because I realize I can't fully understand him. And his understanding of time and my belief is infinite. So, which also, what does infinite mean? We'll talk about that some other day. But because of that, I love God more. And this is one way I show my love is to discuss the things of God, this universe he created with space time. Maybe he didn't create time or space, but he created this universe in or of space time. And um, I love him more for it. So thank you all for joining me on my journey to learn more about God, to love him and his universe better. And I hope you're encouraged to worship God more in your own thinking and to keep on struggling. This was an Anazao Ministries podcast. If you'd like to check out other shows like this, be sure to subscribe to the network.